Welcome back to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. Today, our founder and CEO, Art Barter, sits down with Lyle Tard to learn more about how servant leadership has changed his life. We are excited to have these great servant leaders on our podcast. It's a great conversation. We hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Uh, Art Barter with Servant Leadership Institute today, and we are in for a treat. We have a gentleman with us who is the founder and CEO of Impact Servant Leadership. He has also um, served in the United States Air Force for 19 years. I think next year will be his 20th year. Uh, He's been a non-commissioned officer uh, working in training management, and he's impacted a lot of lives. Um, And one thing that he does is he helps civilian uh, adjust to the military life when they join and he impacts about 10,000 people there. And then once they get in the military, he, he continues training and impacts about 43,000 um, each year going the other way. He does a podcast as Service is Power. I was uh, on his podcast last December um, and recorded that. And um, he's got a great servant's heart. He loves servant leadership. So Lyle Tart is his name. Lyle, welcome to the show today. It is my honor to be here, Art. Uh, yeah, it's just, I'm, it's still surreal. I don't know. I'm a podcaster, but to be on a on the Servant Leadership Institute podcast, which is uh, my favorite, one of my favorite podcasts. I got to be honest. Uh, uh, it, it's really cool to be here. Thank you so much for the it's opportunity. Great, great having you. Um, for everybody listening today, Lyle's got a great heart for servant leadership. And uh, it shows in everything he says and does, which is, which is kind of cool. And we have a little bit of a connection with uh, his military service. In Daytron, we serve uh, foreign militaries and selling communications equipment. And so I remember last time we got together, we kind of spent a little time talking about military and service and yep. what it means to both of us. Yeah. So thank you first for your service. Uh, it's my honor years. to serve. And I understand, is, is the 20th year going to be the last year? I tell you what, I've got uh, as of the date that we're recording this, I've got 222 days left in the United States Air Force. 222 no. days. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, so, first, I want to ask, wh- why are you so passionate about servant leadership? Tell our audience. Uh, that's a fantastic question. Um, you know, you know, we all have our different passions and struggles and the things that drive us in life. And for me, doing hard stuff is really something that pushes me. And I don't know if you can, well, for those of you listening to the podcast, you're not going to hear or be able to tell that I have a massive ego because all of the flowery things that are just said about me, but I, I do, I have this just completely huge ego. And so I've come into instances in my personal life, in my professional life, where that's really been a problem. And so, you know, how do you get control of your attitude, who you think you are, when you have your skill sets and your talents, and you match them up with who you are as an individual? How does that stuff not come across as 
prideful, as if you are acting like you're better than the people that are around you. And when people see you as a leader, how do you translate that stuff to be able to help people? And so one of the things that is one of the hardest things for most human beings and definitely one of the hardest things for me is to be selfless. Uh-huh, and right. so I, I just realized that, you know, in probably like the seventh or eighth year of my marriage, I needed to find a way to consistently make myself selfless, uh, humble, yeah. Yeah. more contrite with who I am and how I deliver myself. And so on this journey to try to figure out how to do that, I, I, I found this uh, Bible verse and you don't get me quoting which Bible verse it is, but there's uh-huh. this uh, parable in the New Testament of the Bible that, that talks about uh, a wedding feast. And so uh, there's a guy that's been invited to the wedding feast and there, he's told, Hey, listen, listen, guy, you're not going to want to sit at the head of the table where, 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 where the, where the bride and the groom are going to be. You don't want to do that because if you do that, you're going to get completely embarrassed. Uh, they're going to tell you, Hey, listen, that's seat's for somebody else. Yep. Um, how about you track it down to the end of the table, right? If you sit down there, you hang out and you're cool down there. What's going to be better for you is if that somebody says, hey, you know, there you are sitting down there. Why don't you come up here and be with us? Right. And right. so that whole, that whole parable there, that whole dichotomy was like, that's exactly what I need to do. I need to go find the lowest end of the longest table and go sit down there right. and then wait to be invited forward. And so how do I do that practically with life? And I, I just found that doing the dirtiest job that nobody else wants to do, the, the menial task that no one finds to be important, do that and do that better than everyone else. Right. Yeah, um, because exactly. doing it better than everybody else is my competitive nature, kind of pushes my personality, but it also brings me to a place of humility. And so I started to look at it differently. And so you fast forward to um, around 2012, uh, my wife goes to a program in Atlanta and and I, I just go with my wife to kind of help her because we're living overseas in Germany. And as I'm there, I, I talked to the director of the program. I said, hey, listen, I don't want to sit in the back like I'm some, some superstar celebrity leader. I, I want to do something. Can you help me do something? He says, no, no. You, you just sit down in the back and be that celebrity. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's not what I want to do. And the, so I said, listen, here's, here's, the, here's the deal. Um, uh, I'm 6'2", 225, and you're not going to stop me from washing dishes. That's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go wash some dishes. Uh-huh. And he's like, okay, fine. You know? mm-hmm. And so um, after this weekend, the uh, uh, the president of Atlanta Leadership Commons comes over, taps me on the shoulder, says, Lyle, um, I've been watching you all weekend, and you've been doing all this crazy serving in the back. Would you come talk to our students about servant leadership? And I said, hey, um, what in the world is that? I have no clue. Uh, and so how I got introduced to Servant Leadership and the Servant Leadership Institute is that same weekend, uh, the day after they're asking me to come talk about Servant Leadership, and I have no idea what it is, and I've got to go find the resources. And so I jump online, I'm looking for stuff, and the only place that's giving me consistent information about what Servant Leadership is, is the Servant Leadership Institute. I'm on YouTube, I'm watching the podcast, I'm online, I'm looking at all the resources, and I feel like I am completely underprepared. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, I, I throw something together and art. It was one of the worst talks I've ever given on right? a subject yeah. that I just was not familiar with technically. Uh, but 
after the 25 minute talk, I asked the students, hey, do you have any questions? They grilled me for 45 minutes on certain questions about my career. And I was able to answer those questions off the cuff. Exactly. And, and uh, because it was mostly out of my personal life and out of my military service. And I realized I had something. It, I had never, I, I love public speaking. I've always been kind of the gem of the, the room when it comes to that. But I had not found anything that I was more passionate about than talking to those students for that 45 minutes right. yep. about being a selfless, elite, a selfless leader and, mm-hmm. and the, price that pay, the price it takes and the reward that comes from it. And that's the reason why I am passionate about serving leadership. That's where it all came from and uh, absolutely love it. It's always fun to impact those younger lives, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and help them understand there's a, there's a better way to lead. Now, you've made a comment in the past, and um, I think it reads, leaders lead best when they serve. Yeah. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that statement. Um, yeah, um, I, I think that um, when leaders who have the ability and you can see their leadership, their leadership acumen. You can see how much they're able to galvanize a group of people. When you see a person that has the type of influence that could take people and lead them across the most dangerous terrain, the most uncharted waters, when that person decides to say, all of you are just as important as me, and I need you for me and us to be successful. hmm what it does is it makes something on the inside of those other people much more bold. It gives them greater confidence. They start to believe in themselves in a way that they didn't see themselves before because naturally we all look up to some type of person, some type of leader, some type of coach, some type of mentor, somebody who we have uh, emulated or we have almost idolized or immortalized in our life as a person that we aspire to be like. And so when leaders put themselves in a position to say, I'm actually going to take my gifts, I'm going to take whatever I'm great at, and I'm going to use it to make you better. I'm Mm going to use it to serve uh, the strong points and the weak points in your life. I'm going to take it and I'm going to craft it in a way that picks you up and puts you in the best position to be successful. That's when they are really impacting people as a leader that's when they are using all of their talent to make other people around them really uh, see the best version of themselves so when they see the best version of themselves their team the whole team sees the best versions of themselves and the mission whatever the goal is for them as a collective they all get that thing done in a way um, that just makes a massive difference and it helps um, in the bottom line of whatever organization, company, or program you're running, it helps in retention because people don't want to leave those kinds of leaders. We all know the leader that we want to stay with. We all know the person that no matter what happens, we are completely loyal to. Yep, and it's yep. probably the leader that has done the most for you. Not right. necessarily in a selfish way like we want it. You know, I need this, 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 this is my list. No, mm-hmm. this is the leader that saw who you were Right. So see who you are and says, I'm going to make that the primary thing for me and you for us to grow, be- grow better. And that's, that's the leader that's leading the best uh, because they chose not to exalt themselves, not to exalt right. their own talent, 
you yep. know, but to serve around them and make them better. Yeah, now I want to go back to a word you use, craft, because I want our listeners to really hear what you said, because we talk about meeting people where they are. And I love the way you put that. You craft your talents, your gifts to help people get better. And that's really what it's all about is meeting people where they are. Now, yes. you find that when you talk to the younger um, age and then you talk to someone who's maybe got 15, 20 years worth of service, um, do you have to craft that message differently? Uh, I, th I think you do. Um, you, have to, you, have to, you have to craft the, the message in a way that identifies with their culture, with it, right. that identifies exactly. with uh, uh, some of the challenges that they have been a part of. Um, in Impact Serving Leadership, we have a, a three-tiered model of impact, and it's an acronym. I'm in the military. I got to do my ac acronym, right? Yeah, yep, um, that's right. <laughs> so, 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 I, I know, so, man. I got all kinds of acronyms we have to deal with. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's just, you know, just coming out of that culture. Uh, and so uh, the executive tier of, uh, of Impact Serving Leadership, the T in Impact stands for Taylor. And, and so when you're talking about crafting, uh, we ha you have to be uh, a little bit of a seamstress when you're, uh, you, when you're taking your message and you're going to apply it to a certain person. Everybody is created and formed in all different shapes and sizes. And the best seamstress is able to take whatever piece of fabric or clothing and make that thing fit perfectly for the individual in front of them. Right. And so there's no such thing as a once one size fits all leader, especially if you're at the top of the highest echelons of whatever it is that you're running, whatever company, corporation, group, team, or organization you're leading, there's not a one size fits all type of leadership. So we have to be craftsmen, we have or craftswomen, yes. and we have to be tailors uh, of our leadership message. It's important because it shows the deepest levels of empathy. It shows that you right. give a rip about the person that's in front of you. I want to learn you. So for that, for a leader to do that, for a leader to be a craftsman, uh, they have to be a learner. Right. You know, yeah. um, they have to be a little bit of a follower. And so this whole getting back to that whole idea of leaders lead best when they serve. If I'm willing to kind of slow down, submit myself, learn who you are, Right. Get to the core of who you are. I can then shape my leadership to serve you at the very deep centers of who you are and, and make it something that's going to be viable, that works for you and allows you to be built up. And so it's going to take a little time. It's going to take a lot of investment. Right. It's going to take some patience, yep. uh, but it's going, to take a, it's going to take a seasoned hand of a seamstress. If you have that type of mentality to tailor uh, a message for uh, those different leaders, depending on what their age group is, right. the group, depending on where they come from, their dynamics. Uh, and so there's a lot of learning when it comes to being a, a servant leader. Uh, I, I think servant leaders are the smartest leaders, to be quite frank. <laughs> uh, and it challenges me because I'm not, I'm not all that, you know. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm taking a lot of time studying people. Yeah, it, it's a... Um... Uh, what's one of the most, it, it is the most difficult thing I've done as a leader is implement serve, as servant leadership culture just because you have to meet people where they are. You have to craft and be that, that uh, person that will meet them where they are. And then they're going to receive that and they're going to improve their own behavior at a different speed than other leaders in your organization. And when you exactly. can manage that transformation with others, 
uh, and instill a servant culture and still get results, wow, now, now you've really performed as a leader. But I'm going to go back. You used, I call it the R word and the I word. The R word, uh, and you said it in your own way, but it's really about relationships in order to yes, really find, find that person and understand who they are. Uh, you also used empathy, but it really is how can we put ourselves in that person's footprints and understand how we can best serve them. And then I like the I word you use. You said it's going to take an investment. And, yes. You know, one of the things I, I always tell leaders, don't tell me your, your door is always open. Show me your calendar and where you're scheduling people and investing right. in them instead of waiting for them to come to you. And so um, a great use of words. I really appreciate that. Now, tell me a little about the, this organization impact uh, servant leaders that you founded. Um, what's that model all about? Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about impact. I was, uh, after I, I, you know, the time there, I was confronted uh, at Atlanta Leadership College to, to talk about servant leadership. When I really started to invest in myself and look at what servant leadership was, uh, some of the comments that I was hearing about servant leadership was that the, it was a little bit weak. And I was thinking, really? That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. But then, of course, as I started to be objective and listen to some of their comments, I started to understand at least their perspective of where they were coming from. I understood, you know, the, the, the military model of leadership and the, the, some of the assumptions around that, the hierarchical, do what I say, you know, kind of uh, uh, beat you down, uh, hard, uh, you know, almost uh, abrasive kind of leadership. And I've seen a, a lot of that style translate over to the business world. And as a matter of fact, Ken Blanchard calls them uh, self-serving leaders, right? right exactly. So, um, and, and, and because it's all about me, it's all about my curriculum vita. It's all about my accolades and my trophies on the wall. It's all about my name and lights. And when you look at leaders in, 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 the, in, the, in the main crux of society, those are the things that you see. And so it started to take shape for me, although I didn't see serving leadership the way some of these individuals were seeing it. And I was like, okay, so how does servant leadership truly make a difference in a way that's viable to these people? So uh, a woman at a gas station right outside the front gate of Joint Base Andrews, where I was, out, where I was currently stationed in 2014, runs out uh, of, of her area there at the gas station and almost does this weird sprint towards me. We're the only two people at the gas station. Uh -huh. okay? It's just my car and like a couple of uh, little stations down. It's her vehicle. And it seems like she's out of breath when she comes over and says, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your service. Now, at that juncture, I'm probably in around... 14, 15 years. Uh -huh. And I've heard that statement a lot oh, over yeah. my and uh. and so it's a weird thing for many service members to deal with. You know, we didn't get in to be patted on our back to be told thank you for our service. For whatever reason we came in, that wasn't one of them. And so that's one of the weird things that we have to deal with on a consistent basis if we're in our uniform. How do we deal with that question? Right. But there was something different about this woman. She was out of breath. She was panting to come over and talk to me and just to say that. And, and so I asked her, I'm like, what's behind that? If you have a moment, can you, can you tell me why you needed to run over here and say that? 
And she said this art, and it's, this has been one of the cataclysmic moments for my entire life. She says that every single person that wears your uniform allows me the freedom to be myself. Right. And I can't tell you the level of impact that it has on me. Right. That was it. Yep. That was it. I realized, I'm like, it's the impact that this woman, that, that this woman has, has felt for my service that makes the difference. Right. Their impact was born in servant leadership. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, what what are you trying to accomplish with impact? What's your what's your number one goal that you're trying to impact there? Oh, uh, I, I love that question. My my number one goal is in one word: significance. Okay. My 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 heart's desire for everyone is to become significant leaders. People that just don't do things, but they do whatever their whatever it is that their goal in life is, it impacts people in a way that is unforgettable that helps define the next steps of their life. Mm-hmm. The type of leaders that make the kind of difference that propels people into the next phase of their destiny, of their calling of their goal, whatever that thing is, that you can kind of stake a claim in that leadership, in that leader's uh, model and whatever they've done, that it's something that is monumental, unforgettable. It's something that is substantial that you would go and tell your grandkids about when you get to the place of retirement and you feel like you've ran your race, that you could say, hey, there was this moment with this guy, Art Barter, that he sat down with me. And he talked to me about who I am. And that day, I didn't realize this about me. But man, when he sat down and he took the time to talk to me about myself, I, my eyes were open. And all of a sudden, I'm the guy that you, I am before you little kids today. That type of significance that turns a person's life around, I don't think you can find leaders anywhere in any other leadership style that will take the time and take the uh, take, take the ability to notice the small things, the seemingly insignificant things, the things that have been forgotten about, the things right. that don't yeah. seem like they're really important. And those things are all impactful on us. And it doesn't matter what level of leader that you are. You can be the CEO of a company or you could just come in into the mailroom the very first day of your job experience, your career in life, and you can have significant impact in the lives of the people around you. And that is what being an impact servant leader is all about. So, you know, in, in today's educational environment, everybody teaches us about success. And yes. I think you've, you've, you've realized that success is really not a fulfilling thing. Uh, and if you want to serve people, it really is. How do you impact that life from a significant standpoint? And I applaud you for that because too many young people I see coming out of college, they're focused on you know what, if I have a car, if I have a good salary, I have a good title, have a big office, blah, 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 blah. That's, that's what they define as success. And um, I just got back from New York a couple of weeks ago, spent a week there. And you know what always amazes me to walk up and down the street because I would say 60 to 70% of the people have their nose in their iPhone while they're mm-hmm. in the coffee shop, while they're doing whatever, while they're walking the streets, while they're going across the street. Everybody has their nose in a, in a phone with earplugs on and you go, how do they create relationships with that? How do you, and I don't know the answer to that because 
Um, I don't, I don't get it uh, at all. I don't so, get it either. Yeah, there is a big difference between being successful and being significant. Now, I will share with you and, and everybody listening that I probably didn't start realizing that until my until I was around thirty, and I no, excuse me, around fifty. And I always wondered what would happen to me if some professor in college started teaching business leaders that were going through the management courses about being a, a significant leader. And you know, if we could change some of the educational systems around to really focus on that, I think that would really, really help us long term. You know, I, I fully um, agree with that. Um, you know, um, th that's kind of why the podcast is geared towards that. Uh, that area uh, of, of, of people who live life around college students, because that message needs to get into the hearing, into the heart more uh, of those kinds of people, the educators and the students as well. It, my hope and my, my, my deepest desire is that if we can get those types of messages to those individuals, you, you, I think we'll start to see the entire business market change. You know, right. you won't, you won't have to worry about, your child going into the workforce and being stepped on because they want to be a great individual, uh, the people that they are, are around because they realize that being successful isn't about uh, those types of things. As a matter of fact, being successful is, is different in the perspective of the people that are around them, but being significant, um, that, that's something that everybody sees, everybody knows, and everybody can Everybody can qualify it. We right. see it. We, we see it a mile away. Which, by the way, uh, thank you guys so much uh, uh, for for the Servant Leadership Institute for for accepting my my blog post. I, uh, you all allow me to, uh, to 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 submit a blog post called Success versus Significance, and I really right. yeah. uh, really it's a big deal for me. Good, good. Hey, listen. Uh, tell me about the ebook you've got coming out. It's called I think it's called Full Service. How to remain happy and healthy while giving everything away to others. Yeah, oh, thank I, I'm, you. I'm intrigued. Before you tell me all about it, is I'm a, I'm intrigued with the title. Tell me how you came up with that title first, and then tell me what <laughs> what the ebook is going to be all about. Oh, sure. Um, so uh, <laughs> I live in New Jersey. So I currently live in New Jersey, and uh, I, I talk about this in the first chapter of the book. Um, <laughs> I did a little bit of my growing up in Jersey. And what I forgot about was when you pull up to the gas station in New Jersey, um, if, if you're old enough to remember back in the day, when you drove up to a gas station, there would be some signs over there that said self-service. Right. And then there were other signs that say full service, right? right. Now, yep. in New Jersey, every single pump in New Jersey is full service. And honestly, it's quite annoying. You know, if you're used to pumping your own gas for your entire life, you matter of fact, if you're used to, if you, if you had a grow up, if you had a growing up like me, you know, my mom at the age of like, I don't know, 12, 13, she said, son, get up, go give the man the $20 bill, then go pick up the pump and put it in and pump the gas. Right, I'm yeah. like, hold up. I don't even have a license. Why are you making me pump the gas? Right. You get the drive. I get the drive. She says, no, <laughs> you get to hold this money. <laughs> you get to go take it to them. And then you get to go hold the gas and yeah. you get so because I'm taking you somewhere, you know? And right. so, um, so I've been pumping gas most of my life. Right. And so when you drive in New Jersey, you get up to the gas station, especially if you're not used to it. 
my knee-jerk reaction is to get up out of my car and go pump my own gas. But there's somebody standing there saying, nope, no, you will not pump your own gas. I will pump your gas for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a novelty now. What a, what, a, what a crazy concept in our world that somebody would say, no, my job is to do something exactly. for you that you could do yourself. Right. But right. you don't have to. And so it's just like, like, wow, what would life be like if leaders were like this guy? Right. What would life be like if leaders would leave from his position? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it would give us the opportunity, like, cause, because I remember after that first time, that first moment when I, when I, when I was confronted with this full service gas attendant, my wife and I started a really great conversation. I mean, it started the genesis of his great conversation started right there. And I don't know if it would have happened if we weren't frustrated with this guy that pumped our gas. Started without that. And so that, that's where uh, full service and the kind of, you know, uh, doing everything, you know, in life, you're giving your whole entire life away to all these other people, but you need to continue to be happy and healthy and whole as an individual while you do that. How in the world do you connect these two uh, spots and places? So that's where, uh, that's, where the, that's where the title of the book came from. Yeah, I, I love that because you do have to give to yourself and serve yourself in order to be able to serve others. And you do. You can't, you can't go off and just focus on other people and let your own life fall apart. Um, that doesn't allow you to be uh, the best you can be. And some exactly. leaders, just, they just believe they got to put 80 hours a weekend. And I asked them, I said, so what are you sacrificing? Sacrificing the life of your kids, of your, of your family, uh, with, with your wife or significant other? And why are, you, why are you giving that up? Why are you giving that up? Because it's, it's a big part of being a, a, a good overall leader. So uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Get, when's it, when's it due out? When oh, you- we're looking at, we're not going to put it out in the fall. So yeah, because it's already written. We just got to get it, uh, the final edits out. Um, it, it's, it's a great concept. If, if I can for just a moment, um, the reason why uh, we wrote, we wrote the ebook it's because I found out that there was a leader out there that I didn't realize how I was having a problem. And, uh, and so this, as the story goes, I was listening to a podcast of a, of a, of a very successful uh, nonprofit owner. And she has a business towards women. I honestly can't remember her name. Uh-huh. And uh, she has a business towards women and, and, you know, human trafficking, getting them, getting them off the streets, um, getting them off of, of, of drugs and those kinds of debilitating things that, plague women all over the world right and so she created an organization she's out serving these individuals and so she went to a conference and there's a woman speaking at this conference and so as she's kind of getting the crowd excited and this young lady sitting in this audience with her with 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 some of the people on her staff uh, the speaker asks how many of you are happy with your life Mm mm-hmm and for some reason, with all the wonderful things that this individual is doing, all the people that she's rescued, all of the individuals she's taken off of the streets, given them new hope and new vitality in their life, how, you know, all the great things she was doing, she realized in that moment that she wasn't happy, which kind of goes to your point. How in the world can you work 80 hours a week and really be fulfilled in life, be right. happy in life? And that woman realized with all the things that she was doing, 
she wasn't happy. And I was scratching my beard like I am now, really, really scratching my head like, you're doing some incredible things with your life. How in the world are you not satisfied? How in the world are you not truly happy? And it clicked for me that there are so many people out there doing so many different things and they're unhappy still right. with what they're doing in their life. Yeah. Yet they're giving their life away to serve other people. Right. Man, that person needs some help because that person is silent. I think you've seen them, Art. Oh, yeah, Those I have. Because they believe their servant leadership heart is to say, hey, listen, all you guys get all of me. And uh, I will take my own vapors. I will take my own uh, crumbs because you guys are worth it. And they are. But here's the thing. You can't be your best self. There's no way you can give the best service if you're not your best self. And so that's what I wanted to help that individual uh, you know, even as a military member, people see us and they automatically call us service members. We're connected mm-hmm. to service and we give our lives, we give our lives to our country and that's the expectation. However, if we're not healthy uh, inside, then we can't be trusted to go out on the front lines and defend our country, defend our nation, right. defend, the, defend the people that we love if we aren't the best version of ourselves. And so right. that's why we created the ebook. That's why we wrote Full Service, How to Remain Happy and Healthy While Giving Everything Away to Others. Because there are leaders out there that are giving their whole entire lives away, uh, but, they're, but they're missing something and they need to be refilled. Right, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, we do. We have, to, we have to reflect on things and that starts with reflecting and it does. Really looking at ourselves first, right? Not other people first. So yes. So you you're gonna release an ebook. Have you ventured into the exciting world of writing uh, a book that will be yes. published? Okay. I, yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about um, about, that, about that. I am I am thrilled about this uh, this next adventure. One of my uh, one of my closest. Um, um, mentors, um, you know, I, I guess I would say I'd borrow mentorship from, um, uh, from this, uh, from this man. He's a, he's just a giant of a guy with his, uh, with his heart and with his, uh, attitude, his outlook on life. Um, he, he's a serial author. <laughs> uh, his name is Mark Batterson. And, uh, and so he was my, he was my pastor for three and a half years. Uh, just got a chance to see him this past weekend in, in DC. Um, and he, he, he's a, he's a, he's an incredible writer. Uh, before I met him, I never thought I uh, would want to be an author on any level. And so um, it was just through his example that I realized, hey, this is a great way to get my message out. Also met a guy, last year named uh, Joel Habaker. Oh, actually, I'm sorry, earlier this year. And he has a similar story. He wrote a book called Inverted Leadership. Uh, he's a servant leadership connoisseur as well. And, uh, and so these two people kind of galvanized this idea of getting um, a book book out. Um, and so uh, we're calling it the emotionally intelligent servant leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so we're going to, we're going to, we've already started writing it and, and should be, should be done uh, writing by the by the winter. And uh, we'll get it to an editor by, by the end of the year. And hopefully we'll have it out uh, in the spring of next year. Uh, but the emotionally intelligent servant leader is, is a book that I am, extremely passionate about, especially when I really started to learn my own EQ going into EI and applying emotional intelligence in my life. I first saw it with my own wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to be the best servant leader I can be. Uh, but being an incredible person in emotional intelligence is realizing 
how to communicate with other people. And the way you communicate with other people is, as you said, the big R word is you develop a deep relationship with them. And you you can't develop a deep relationship with anybody unless you've invested the time to get to know them. On, on an intricate level. But then, of course, how do you get to know them? Well, you've got to develop some emotional intelligence to understand where they are, who they are, how they operate, how they're going to react to certain things, how they re- react to personalities, how they yeah. respond to certain characteristics, who they are personally, who you are personally. Right. Right. And it just opened so many doors. I, after, after being married to my wife for 12 years, we're now going, we've now just celebrated 15 years last month. And, but after being married for her to 12, 13 years, you think, you know, somebody, right? Well, no, no, I I, loads to learn. And it was emotional intelligence that kind of allowed me to get into this space of learning myself and learning my wife. And I learned that as much as my, my wife loved me and serves me on a consistent basis, this whole idea and concept of serving leadership. I couldn't necessarily pull her into it. You know, I really wanted her to be a part of this thing that's so deep in my heart that I'm so passionate about. But I had to realize some things about her. I had to use emotional intelligence with her. And I realized I just became a much better servant leader by being emotionally intelligent. And and so I said, wow, I don't know that I've seen... Um, many people connect the two thoughts together. Right, uh, right. There is some research out there. They, they've been, they've been um, out in places like uh, Regent University, out in Gonzaga. Uh, there's right, been some people exactly. writing some, some things about this, but nobody's written a book about it yet. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do is take a little bit of my experience, take some of the stories that I have, I have heard and take a lot of this research and, um, and, and, and take the, the concept that Daniel Goldman kind of started in emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and then take um, the, the, the research and the study and the life that you, people like yourself have lived, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ken Blanchard, uh, Robert Greenleaf, those kinds of individuals and ball that all up together and see how we can marry the two thoughts and perspectives of being emotionally intelligent and being a servant leader and how that can grow us as individuals. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the emotional intelligence, I always try to get leaders to understand, if you can't feel what another person is feeling, right, then, then you're limiting your, yourself and your ability to serve them. And, yes. um, you know, when it comes to husband and wife, uh, a lot of times we just want to fix things, right? Right, Lyle? Yeah. We, we just want to get yeah. into fixing before this, we start to understand and feel, right? Um, yeah. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. Um, so we'll look forward to that. That's going to be sometime next year, huh? Yes. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody. Um, so one thing I'm going to warn you about is when it gets to editing and the red pen comes out, you got to get your mindset ready for the red pen. Yeah, that's what I've been coached on. As a matter of fact, when I submitted yep. the article for, uh, for you guys, uh, you know, I yeah, had, had a bunch of red marks. And so, yeah, um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it gets worse with the book. So you, you've got to be yes. prepared with that. So uh, they, they serve great editor. I love editors. Most of the time, sometimes I, I go, no, 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 that's got to be my voice, right? And yes. same thing with you. It's got to be your voice. And that's the most important thing is, is your voice comes through. So uh, we're going to wrap up here, Lyle. Um, I really enjoyed talking with you today. If you were to leave I our would... audience with one, one thought, you, you, 
you have laid so much on us today, and I hope our listeners feel the same way. But I mean, there's got to be about six pages of notes here that uh, <laughs> have come out of your discussion today, and I really thank you for that. Um, what's the one thing you thought you want to leave with our audience today? Um, I think I, I think I'd really like to 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 talk about making an imprint in the lives of the people that we serve. Now, I, I know that, uh, you know, we've been talking about impact servant leadership and that's really cool. Um, but talk, I want to, I want to, I want to say, leave an imprint on lives. And when I say an imprint, uh, if you look at the word imprint from a zoology, uh, from a zoology perspective, an imprint is when a young animal recognizes and realizes another animal as a parent or as an authority figure or somebody that has become an object of habitual trust. Right. Mm -hmm. Truly, when a person makes an imprint on our life, it's not just something that they forced into us. An imprint is much more permanent than a mark of impact. When we teach the impact servant leadership model, uh, mostly to middle managers, uh, we'll teach impressions, but we don't necessarily just want to make impressions. We want to leave imprints with people and imprints take time and trust. We must develop trust with the people that we're serving. Have you, have I, have we allowed our people to truly trust us in the deepest ways? Once we've done that, we leave the type of imprint that lasts from this generation to the generations to come. It makes such a deep impact in lives that it changes the course and trajectory of where they're going. If we want to see people become better, uh, the first thing we need to do um, is leave the type of imprint on them uh, that allows them to trust uh, in the most uh, habitual and the most deep way, Um, almost like a, a parental type of, of relationship and, and, and leadership. So right, exactly. um, go find somebody to parent today, yep. no matter yep. what your age is, it doesn't matter whether or not you've had children before, but we know how to care for people at the deepest levels in the way we do that is we start with uh, uh, being extremely trustworthy. Yeah. And, and, and care for them unconditionally. That's what yes, I'm from you, right? Unconditionally. I love the way you put that habitual trust. Is it okay if I start using that in some of my teachings? Please do, please okay, do, good, and then good. I love the way you, the way you, you, you and then and then call me to be a fly on the wall so I can listen to you okay, teach. Okay, okay, good, good, good. All right, everybody, uh, Lyle Tard, uh, Impact Servant Leadership. Uh, don't forget, he's got an ebook that's going to be coming out here. I think I heard fall, and has yes. a book coming out next year. Um, yes. Podcast called Service is Power. Uh, get on this, sign up for it so you can listen to Lyle every, how often do you do the podcast, Lyle? It comes out every two weeks. Uh, every we've two actually weeks. got another one releasing this weekend. Uh, everybody listening to the podcast, uh, my suggestion is to go to episode 14. Episode 14, there's this young man on there that he's really, he's really on fire, man. He's just, he just so happens to be a pioneer for servant leadership. Uh, you guys might recognize the name, Art Barter. Um, <laughs> just go listen to that episode 14. Uh, you guys will absolutely love it. 14. Okay. I got that on my list, Lyle. Thank you very much. Uh, Yeah. I had a blast with Lyle last December um, and learned to really love his heart. So uh, what's the best way for people to get 
in in touch with you, get to know you. What you have a website that they can go to? Yes. Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about that. Um, ImpactServantLeadership.com is where you can go to find out uh, about us. Also, ServiceIsPower.org is another place that you can go out to find out. If you want to contact me, you can get to me through any of those uh, places. Twitter, if you just search Lyle Tart on Twitter, you'll find me. Or, But if you try to type in a handle, it's going to be the serving leader. And if you cut out the last E in leader, that's how you, you will spell okay, it in yep, Twitter. Yep, gotcha, like gotcha. <laughs> and, um, and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great place to find me as well. Just search Lyle Tard on LinkedIn and we're always posting things there as well. The company's there. The, the podcast is also on LinkedIn. The podcast has a Twitter handle. It also has an Instagram handle. Uh, so you can find the podcast and what we're talking about on all those places and all of your favorite places to go listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find the podcast there. We just got picked up by iHeartRadio. Oh, so cool. that's been that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, please, we love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to ask you some questions uh, too. Tons of questions to ask people about their perspective on servant leadership and, and leadership at large. So please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Lyle, thanks again for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. And everybody get to know Lyle. He's got a great servant's heart and uh, start listening to the, the work he's doing in servant leadership. So thanks everybody. Uh, hope to talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, just before we wrap up, we have a free gift courtesy of Lyle, a guidebook titled Seven Steps to Success as a Servant Leader. To receive this free gift, email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com with the title Lyle's Free Gift. To learn more about Lyle's podcast, visit serviceispower.org. And to learn more about SLI, visit our website at servantleadershipinstitute.com. Thank you once again for allowing us to add value to your day.